Welcome to Unlimited Horizons, a podcast hosted by the International Association of Women. I'm your host and the president of IAW, Megan Bizzuto. This show features amazing women from the IAW community who are climbing the corporate ladder and taking their communities with them. Are you ready to be inspired? Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Unlimited Horizons, the podcast by the International Association of Women. My name is Megan Bizzuto. I'm the president of IAW and so excited to be here with a guest. She just reminded me we met about a year ago. Lola joined us as a speaker for our International Women's Day event last year. Um, And I'm excited to have her back here today on our podcast. We have a great conversation lined up. So Let me go ahead and introduce her, share her background, and then we're going to dive into the conversation. So Lola Adimai, see, I did it. I knew I was going to do that. (laughs) (laughs) I have a dermatologist I used to work for that was Nigerian. And I, whenever I see names that are similar, like I get her name stuck in my head. Ah, Okay. I'm going to try again. Lola Adiemo is the CEO of EQI Mindset and the founder of Immigrants Incorporate Incorporated. She's a TEDx speaker and author, an ERG workshop facilitator, and resourceful leader who believes in and actively promotes inclusive leadership and advocates for employee engagement in the workforce. She's a scientist by discipline with over 14 years working across global organizations in the biotechnology and life sciences industries. She founded EQI Mindset to provide optimum support for employee resource groups across the life cycle. She's also the founder of the nonprofit Immigrants Incorporate, her podcast, Thriving in Intersectionality, and her recent book, Thriving in Intersectionality, Immigrants Belonging in Corporate America, support her nonprofit mission and explore the challenges of being a corporate professional navigating multiple underrepresented dimensions, along with strategies to increase belonging and create opportunities to thrive across these intersections. As a mom of three kids, Lola enjoys combining her work, amplifying underrepresented voices with inspiring corporate leaders to lean into leading with people first culture where employees can strive for a work-life synergy. Lola, welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to be here chatting with you today. Thank you, Megan. It's nice to be back chatting with you. So I want to, I want to kind of start with your journey and, and how you got to the point of working in science, but then navigating to this, this point where you support ERGs and leadership. What was that? What was that transformation for you? It was gradual. And I think part of why I am particularly passionate about employee resource groups is that was a huge part of that transition for me, for my career. Um, Mm -hmm. I actually made the transition while still working in corporate. I switched from a operational role to a DEI position. And mm-hmm. I like to think that opportunity came about because I got em- engaged with the em- employee resource groups and I was able to showcase some additional skills, develop some other passion areas and be able to uh, get the opportunity to explore that interest in DEI. So, Right, right. It's powerful work. And I think we've seen a lot of, a lot of growth in ERGs and how they can support the employer experience, the employee experience, right? So from your perspective, the work that you do with ERGs, what kind of benefits do you see them having in, in companies? Like, I know you said you directly benefited. What are some of the the things that helped you from a career standpoint that the, the ERG supported? Yeah, I think it's the, the depth it provides for the ERGs. So we hear a lot 
about companies having ERG. There's the metrics, 90% of Fortune 500 companies have ERGs. We've all heard that. Yeah. But what I focus on is how are you really supporting those ERGs? And these also originated from my experience as an ERG member, ERG leader myself, and mm-hmm. responsible for starting an ERG at my company is it's not just about we have an ERG. It's about the support to build out these ERGs so that it's not another check the box. You right. know, how are you supporting the ERGs their day to day? Because usually the people that are leading the ERGs have a full time day job at your company. And, yep. and there's sort of like a, the prioritization thing going on, like which one is this is my day job. This is the one that pays the bill. So ERGs, while I'm passionate about it, that's not going to sustain me. And right. so my work is focused on how do I help? ERG leaders and members get the most from these groups? And how do I also help leaders understand the value that this can bring? Right, right. Because the I've, a lot of the ERG leaders that I speak with, a lot of them, it's kind of their passion, right? They, they pick up the work because they're so interested in supporting the cause, mm-hmm. but there's not always recognition in terms of additional salary or additional kind of status at work, but then also the support internally isn't always there. So it's like, okay, let's launch an ERG, but there's not a whole lot of talk of how do we actually sustain it and create something that's going to be engaging and that's going to add value so that it's not just because I, one of my, anyone can raise their hand and say they support diversity, right? Right. But you have to see the action behind You have to see the action. And so that's with ERGs, right? Yeah. Go start an ERG, but there's, there's often work that needs to be done. There's money that needs to be invested. And if you truly want it to be successful, (laughs) then you're going to support it. Exactly. And, and that's why, you know, for me, it's the multiple touch points is what's the consistency with Mm -hmm. which you want to provide support. Like, you know, ERGs and companies bring me in to speak. Yep. That's not my favorite, you know, like coming in to speak to your ERGs for a one, once a year company-wide event, that's good. But what about how are you supporting your ERGs every day? Every day. You know, how are they putting together programs? How are you helping with interpreting some of the metrics? How are you giving guidance on the metrics that should be tracked, right? There's a lot that goes into having ERGs be effective than just starting one. Yeah, absolutely. And so- your company helps provide all of that, right? Can you yes. tell us a little bit about the solutions that you offer? Obviously, you'll come in and speak for an ERG, but what what else do you offer through your company? Yeah, so my core offering is called ERG Optimization Workshop. Mm-hmm. And what I do with that is even though I call it an ERG Optimization Workshop, the workshop itself is a three and a half hour session that brings together ERG leaders, DEI leaders in a virtual space to walk through all of the current state alignment, where is our company? I bring in case studies that are relevant to that industry. And Mm -hmm. then I do office hours follow-up after the workshop. So the workshop is like the core, but what I do is I I schedule the workshop um, two months after we sign the agreement. The first two months, I am really building my understanding of the organization context and what's going Mm -hmm. on. So I do some planning and consulting for you. We set the stage for the workshop and then I support the individual ERGs after the workshop. So that's like the ERG optimization package um, is really my my primary focus. Okay. And now you have your nonprofit as well. Talk to me about what you do through your nonprofit. 
So the nonprofit, that sort of uh, evolved <laughs> from a passion. I'm an immigrant <laughs> myself. I grew up in Nigeria and I came to the U.S. at age 25. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was kind of struggling with that identity bucket mm-hmm. that corporate America places you in. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a black person. So that means I got to know everything about being black in America. Nope, I don't. Yeah. And so I found a lot in common with immigrants, people that moved from other countries. And I use the word immigrant because that's what's prevalent in America. Growing mm-hmm. up in Nigeria, I the word expatriate is what we yeah. use, which is basically people that move to work, that work from that work in the country, but they are from that's somewhere that's else. Yeah. And yeah. it's always highly placed. You know, like we look at expatriate as like, oh, you know, we got to take care of you. We got to bring you into our country nicely. So in in America, what I recognized was that being an immigrant in the corporate workplace brings with it a unique set of uh, barriers. And so Immigrants Incorporated Inc. is uh, advocating for inclusion for immigrants in uh, in the corporate DEI work that we do Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. making sure that we are capturing some of these unique needs where you know, we might be black, brown, uh, white, European immigrants. What well, that's what we have in common, and so being yeah. able to address some of those uh, issues uh, in right. a unique way. And so you do that through your nonprofit. I love that. I I do that through my nonprofit. So I have a keynote. I gave a TED talk around that last year, and I have a yeah. book around that. I also do coaching. I do group coaching. Okay. So this is more of how I support the members of that population to to right. thrive in the workplace. Right. So I want to talk about some of the challenges of bringing it back a moment on this podcast. Like I believe in how we can all sort of lift each other by being more open and authentic about the challenges we've been through so that other women can find the support they need. Right. Or maybe it's a little bit easier for somebody else. So you shared one of the biggest challenges you faced is asking for what you want. And I want to, I'm, I'm curious to dive in there in terms of the, A, what, like, explain to me what you mean by that, but then also how have you overcome it? Yeah. I mean, I think I'm still on the journey to overcoming it, but, <laughs> but um, the biggest thing was for me was even recognizing it, mm-hmm. right? Because coming in as an immigrant, my culture in corporate, I wanted to help others. I wanted to support. I wanted to advocate. But for me, I was struggling with a lot of things. Um, And it wasn't, you know, like it wasn't something that I naturally wanted to do. Now, culturally, back home, you don't need to advocate for yourself Mm. because it was a community style of living. So I don't need to advocate for myself because my parents will, my extended family will, my neighbors will, right? Right. Other people will advocate for you. People get in your business. That's not something that, <laughs> that is very different in America. Very different <laughs> in America. So yeah. um it's it was a struggle for me to recognize when I should be getting paid more. It's about time my pay increase happens. Mm-hmm. Um I will settle for whatever I'm offered because when I start a new job, I just always felt like I have to prove myself to them by working. So it doesn't matter what they pay me, what I should be grateful that I got the job. I show them what I can do and then they will recognize what I can do and increase my pay, right? Mm So new perspective and I operated on that for a long time. But then when you start, when I listen to other people talk about it, I realized 
I was able to recognize that something is not quite right. And um, I would say part of recognizing that comes from organizations that I joined and attending programs and listening to other people talk about some of these things um, and getting the boldness to eventually, for the first time in 2017 or something, ask <laughs> for beyond what I was offered for a new role, be able to say, um, here is what the market rate is. Here is yep. where my experience is. I think that should be higher than what you're offering me. Right, right. And that can be a, that can be, a, for me, I relate to this, this mindset of I'll take what they give me and then I'll prove to them and someone's going to recognize me at some point. Right. And for years I lived on that philosophy and it didn't serve me very well. And I think the, the mindset of, well, I'm going to ask for what's fair and what's the worst they can say? No. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it sounds like such a simple thing, but it's a, it's a big thing. Right. And so really getting comfortable with how to ask. Yeah. And I, and I, I I feel like it's a muscle that you have to work. Right. Because even as an entrepreneur now, um, Starting it was, oh, I don't have experience. I'm just going to do all this for free. Mm-hmm. And then reframing all of that and saying, no, this is what I bring. And right. this is what I charge. And right. if you can't, you know, if that doesn't work for you, that's okay. You know, right. then you're yeah. not my client, right? That kind of thing. Yeah. Or think about it. Maybe when you have more budgets, then reach out to me. Right. Um, as, instead of making it about me, right? <laughs> Right. Yeah. And, you know, we get, we have a lot of entrepreneurial listeners. And I think this is a really important lesson of when you're just starting out, you, you, I I see many women kind of, they tend to undervalue their services, especially if you're offering services, right? Because at the end of the day, it's your time. If you're, if you're giving your time, how do you, how do you exactly value that? But remember, it's not just the service you're offering, but it's all your background and experience and skills and everything you're bringing to the table. It's not just the six months of owning your business. It's everything that you've built up to that point. Exactly. And don't be afraid to, to, to value all of that. It's not, right. it's not necessarily that you've only been in business for six months. Um, you have to base it on everything. And I think yeah. that's a really important lesson. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I, I completely agree. And, and that's why I use the word as a muscle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because the more you say it, the more you can confidently say it. Right, right. Yeah. So you mentioned something when you were talking about your um, having people advocate for you, community, right? And, and where you're from, community is, is a big deal. We're going to take a quick break to talk about the International Association of Women. We talk a lot about the challenges women face, and we know that the best way to overcome challenges is with a supportive community by your side. The International Association of Women is here to support you throughout your professional journey. No matter where you're at in your career or business, IAW has the resources, tools, programming, and events to help you make progress towards your goals. This includes frequent networking events where you can show up authentically and share your ask with the community, a resource library filled with ebooks and templates, and monthly workshops and webinars that are geared towards helping you maximize your potential. Visit www.iawomen.com to learn more about the IAW community and how IAW will help you fast track your success. All right, let's get back to the show. 
so in terms of, so IAW is all about community and empowering women and, and bringing people together. So one of the things you, you shared as a tip here, you cannot do it alone. Find the communities that align with where you are and don't be afraid to move on when you outgrow. So I want to talk about both of those is one is how do you find those communities? But then also how do you, how do you know when it's time to move on? If it's not yeah, so definitely <laughs> have examples on that, but it's recognizing what what you're missing. Mm-hmm. So for me, coming into corporate America, for me it was oh my gosh, I I don't see a lot of women. Mm-hmm. But I, that's something that I grew up with, not seeing a lot of um, gender inequity is kind of the bigger issue back home. So it's not seeing a lot of women in the corporate space, I grew up with where women were stay at home moms and yep. have their own small businesses. Um, so it was really important to me to kind of surround myself with women mentors. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it didn't matter what ethnicity they were to me is find women mentors. And, and so I found that. So it's recognizing what's important to me. What am I missing? Mm-hmm. What representation am I as a person really craving? Right. right. If you are a parent and that's the phase in life where you are like, I have young kids, where can I find other young career moms yep. that can resonate with what I'm going through? Right. Um, yep. And that happened. And knowing when to move on is kind of like that, because for me, initially it was women. I just wanted to like my mentor, uh, my oldest mentor. I don't know if I've not even met her in person because she's in San Francisco, I'm in San Diego, but we would have video calls and she would talk to me about my career and all of that. But then it got to a stage when I had my, when I had my first kid, I was 29 and all of the 29 year olds around me were still chasing career. And all of the people that had kids were older than me. And I just kind of felt these, oh my gosh, like who really gets it? Who is not going to try and tell me, oh, you should stay home and take care of your kids. Right. Or you shouldn't have had kids yet if you want to advance. Mm-hmm. And so I I ended up, that was when I started a working parents employee resource group at my company yep. and built a community of other parents at the same company that I was in. So I kind of gradually transitioned from the women's employee resource group because their focus was on career, career development, career development. But this phase, I needed support on how to balance the two. So knowing when to make a switch in terms of the community we need, uh, sometimes it's temporary, sometimes it's continuous, but be very true to not stretch ourselves in the wrong space for a season that we are. Oh, that is such a, a good tip. Um, I want to repeat that. Be very careful not to stretch yourself in the wrong space, because if you're in the wrong space, you're, it's likely not aligning with your goals and your values at that point in time. And you have to, it, you have to do the work to know what, where are you at? What phase are you at? What do you need? But I also love that you went and built the, you built the community you needed, right? You wanted to be around working parents. So you literally went and built the community. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> And I, um, and I think that's what brought me to IAW too, because mm-hmm. when I was in corporate America, like actually employed in corporate America, I have women organizations that I'm still very involved with. But I, I kind of saw that when I left and I became an entrepreneur, conversations around my manager and my professional mm-hmm. development and what my manager said and what my manager didn't say, mm-hmm. that became like trivial to me. Right. <laughs> so right. I wanted to be around people that were struggling with what do you incorporate? How do you build a sales team? Like what's the <laughs> client strategy? What, you know, so it's a different need. So right. I had to really step down from some organizations and mm-hmm. determine, you know, like I need to look around 
where I can find a group of people who know what I'm going through right now that I can lean on. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the there's always relationships that can follow you from group to group, but exactly. I, I think being mindful of where you're spending your time, because it might be that you love the people in a certain group, but if, if you don't align with the same things at the same time, then yeah. it's likely you're, you're, it's going to spread you thin, right? If suddenly you have a monthly event to attend and like, it's, it just, it spreads you thin. And so you have to be yeah. mindful of where you spend your energy. Um, but then there's also the, the side of entrepreneurship. Actually, there's multiple phases, being a working mom, being a a woman in business, like it can be very lonely. And so to surround you, to find, find the people that are going through similar things helps, helps make it a little, not so lonely. (laughs) Yeah. And, and there's, you know, there's a space for similar, there's a space for I've gone through. Right. One of my friends that became my best two of them that became my best friends had started their own businesses. They had left corporate and started their own businesses. They offered B2B um, mm-hmm. services. So for me, it's like, okay, I got this client for a workshop. I have never given that workshop before. I pitched it to them and they said, yes. And now I'm freaking out. I can do a 911 text <laughs> to my girls. I'm like, what do I do? Said, okay, calm down. We'll build into it. Did you say yes? Okay, we'll walk towards it. We need some yeah. templates. Let's talk through these, right? So yeah. um, I think, you know, there's room for those that have gone through it, but there's also room for those that are growing through it. Right, absolutely. And how amazing to have to have support of people who know you're going through it and that you can reach out to and say, Hey, I just did this thing. And now I need help. <laughs> I know. Even pricing. The first time I priced, I, I remember 600 was the magic number that came to my mind to charge for speaking yes. the very first time I ever. And I remember my friend saying, no, you don't want to do that. I was like, what, what do you mean? You know, I've never really been paid. It doesn't matter. You know, like for me, I couldn't even comprehend charging more than a thousand dollars. Yeah. And yeah. they said, no, absolutely mm-hmm. not. Your experience is way more than that. You've yeah. been doing it for free, but you've been doing it. Right. So that's helpful. Right. Yeah. It's uh, everyone needs those voices in the back of their heads, right? Everyone needs that, that power partner who's going to call you out on what yeah. your pricing is and call you out on what you're doing, but support along the way. And yeah. Especially can- women. Cause I feel like we have a lot of those inner voices. Yes. A yes. lot. So we just need to drown it with the right ones, the people that yes. see us, that truly see us and can give us feedback. Right. I love that. Well, I love that you have found those people in your life. It's so important. And I, I think everything you're doing is fantastic. I think that there's such a need in corporate America for the the support and the development of, of all groups. But I've seen so much power through ERGs and I love the work that you're doing to, to support them. I think it's Thank really you. important. Um, so tell us where can our listeners find you online? We'll have all of your links in the show notes, but where, where are you most active on social media and where should we send people? LinkedIn. I always joke that LinkedIn is my office and they should be, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm always on LinkedIn. That's the best way to reach me quickly, even better than email. Um, but I am on Instagram as well. And, um, yeah, but LinkedIn is my most active social uh, media space. And then I'm available on email. Thanks. We will we will have all of this linked up in the show notes. So you can link right from the podcast episode to, to go follow Lola. So what's, um as we wrap up here, any any last minute 
tips or advice that you want to share with our listeners? I think we covered it all. Um, just to reiterate, um, to emphasize on that point of not to stretch into the spaces where we don't fit. Uh, I, I really, you know, not doing a plug for IAW here, but I found a good mix here uh, where I can even find subsets as needed. And mm-hmm. so I'm looking forward to exploring. I officially just joined Yay. a couple of months ago, even though <laughs> I've been participating. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for a couple of months. So I, I think find find what you need for that season and don't be afraid. If you outgrow that group or that community and you need to move, make the move yep. so that you don't um, stretch yourself too thin. Right. Awesome. Awesome advice. Lola, thank you so much. I appreciate your, your insights and you sharing with us on the podcast today to everyone listening, go follow Lola, go learn more about what she's up to. And we will see you back here again next week. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye everyone. Thanks Megan. Thank you for listening to Unlimited Horizons, a podcast hosted by the International Association of Women. If you would like more information about our community, visit our website at www.iawomen.com.